Welcome to Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com. Here's your trio of hosts, Dan, John, and Danny. Welcome to episode 41 of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. And I'm Dan. And John will be joining us very shortly. John will be here very shortly. We have a special guest on the phone. We do. We have Richard Ryder from Knock Knock Ghost. Knock Knock Ghost. Hello, Richard. Hey, how are you? Very good. Very good. So, I still say no late covers to that, Johnny. What's that? No late covers. No late covers for Johnny come lately? Yeah. <laughs> I think he's actually... Oh, he's, com- he's coming in the door right now. Yeah. He got coffee in his hands? He's, no. He's, uh, he's, got, oh. he's, he's not knock-knocking or, or anything. So he's got a coffee in hand. and He brought his own, but he didn't bring us any. And no. Well, he is lucky I'm not there. I would have slapped his face. <laughs> <laughs> I like you, might, you might like that. Yeah. So, Richard, we, uh, we bring you on this show because uh, you have a successful show. Uh, yes. That is on Out TV, yep. As well as uh, in the states, you said that it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, in America and the UK, uh, we also um, the show's been sold to um, uh, Poland, um, I think Switzerland, uh, New Zealand. Recently, bought a bunch of programming from Canada's Out TV, which is where Knock Knock Go shows in Canada. Uh, so uh, now we're we're being seen in New Zealand. It's it's very interesting. So is this uh, these shows? You have the Canadian version, and there's other versions as well, or is it just no, yours? version. They just bought right. They bought the rights. Oh, that that's fantastic. So we yeah. we always ask our guests on the show. I mean, how did you personally, Richard, get involved in the paranormal? How did I get involved? Right. What was your interest in the paranormal? It's weird. You know, now that you ask me, I, I, I would have said 20 minutes ago, oh, I'm not connected. Uh, when I was younger, my mom, I used to have these weird dreams. One night, I had a dream I was walking through the woods. And, and then we're talking like seven, eight, nine, that age. And uh, I, I, I said to my mom the next morning, oh, I was walking through the woods, but uh, not on a trail, like on a, on a road. And, you know, and I explained to her everything and blah, 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 and... And she's like, oh, and nothing I said to her strung a memory but with her. But then that weekend or the weekend within that month, we went to um, uh, a place just north of Toronto. Uh, it's called the Bruce Trail. Uh, it's um, right. Very familiar. Yeah, there's a man-made lake and there's these walkways through the surrounding woods uh, that are all like docks. They're all wooden docks, but instead of being a dock that stops, they continue through. And so as we were driving up to the woods, uh, up to this place that day, like, I, I didn't know where we were going. And I, I saw landmarks on the way, and it was like, oh, have we been here? Like, and, you know, at that age, when you recognize something, you've only seen a few things. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, your scope of, uh, your, your Rolodex of, of hot topics is very little. And uh, so my mom was like, no, we've never been in And there was a few weird things, like a house that was a certain color or something like that. And then we got to this place, and I still didn't think anything of it until uh, we went into the woods and, and, oh, you want to go through the trails? And, and again, remember, I said in the dream it was like a road, so I'm not thinking anything. Mm-hmm. And then we walk into the woods, and there's this road, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I remember saying to my mom, this is that dream. 
And after that, she used to sit me across from her with, do you remember the game Mastermind? Yes. So she put down (laughs) colors and, and like she wanted either train me or develop because she thought I was psychic. Right. And so, I mean, the hours I spent across from her, like, no, you know, but what's interesting is that in the course of my life, I've had things like that happen where it's been like, Mm -hmm. I remember once not getting on a streetcar. I just was, there was no reason. It wasn't even crowded. I was just like, I don't want to get on that one. And then I got on the next one and ran into a friend I hadn't seen in 10 years Mm -hmm. and a good friend, you know, and I've always had that kind of sensitivity. Uh, Another thing for me is that I'm really uncomfortable in certain places. Like I don't have a fear of abandoned houses. And some of the places that we've been on Knock Knock Ghost for me were just so fascinating for the architecture. You know, like I couldn't be afraid of the presence of anything because I was just so fascinated with where we were. Uh, We've been in a few very interesting locations. And, um, but I have been like when I, uh, different parts of my life, like uh, I won't walk on that side of the street because that house bothers me or something, you know, sure. and, and again, nothing specific, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing repetitive enough or close to each other where it's like, Oh, I clearly, I have something going on. Um, but, uh, but that said short of that, uh, no, like I'm not, I'm not psychic. I don't. Uh, hear voices or see dead people or I can't move anything with my mind. None of that. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting is that I've been learning that with working with Jim Hunt, our psychic on Knock Knock Ghost, that there's a lot of stuff that we all see day to day that we absolutely immediately just dismiss mm-hmm. because we don't have time to even think about it. And a point I, I was shown was on Knock Knock Ghost one day we were sitting there on, on a um, battleship that's in Harbor in Hamilton. It's, a, it's an open-to-the-public museum. The Haida. Mm-hmm. We were on there, and uh, I was sitting next to the psychic, and we were talking to one of the uh, assistant uh, ADs. They were standing in the doorway from the bulkhead of the boat where we were in to the next section. And we're in port, so there's street lights, so they're washing into the boat we're inside like in, in downstairs like really closed off but all these port holes are letting in enough light and this guy's standing in the doorway and he says okay uh, and he walked away for whatever reason he was talking to us he was done he walked away and i was just kind of still looking at the doorway that he was just walking out of and a minute like half a minute 15 seconds after he moved the shadow then followed him oh. and what was weird about that was I wouldn't have noticed it otherwise because there's a lot of things like you, oh, a car passed outside, oh, this happened, oh, that happened. You can absolutely dismiss these things Mm -hmm. to keep your sanity. And Mm -hmm. I remember kind of at the moment going, oh, because I thought in my head, oh, it looked like that shadow left after him. Mm -hmm. Jim sitting next to me goes, oh, did you see that too? And that's that's when it scared the shit of me. He's like, oh, please, please, (laughs) psychic. Yeah, yeah. I have, time, I have enough time brushing my teeth in the morning. I don't need to see it. <laughs> but I think I think the thing that um, when once you start thinking about it all the time on some level, you start to notice things that you otherwise would just absolutely dismiss. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. And when you so get that validation, you know, right. from somebody else, it it does. It gives you that 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 oh shit moment. <laughs> well, and I, I wonder how how aware, like, how much is going on around us that we do just dismiss? Like, 
we're cutting our, our experience off at its knees. So, uh, like, and I think that we, we can agree that there are certainly people that are in such denial of anything like that existing that they wouldn't see it even if it flew right up their nose. Right. Uh, so it's really, it's really such a sliding scale of, of, um, uh, just personal interest. Do you know what I mean? Right. Right. So let's talk a little bit about your, your show. Uh, right. For people that haven't seen it before, how would you best describe it? Uh, the gays go ho- ghost hunting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the gays go ghost hunting. <laughs> this is the thing. OTV contacted me and asked me if I wanted to host this show. Mm-hmm. And almost within the second se- sentence said, do you know any psychics? Well, yeah. It's so funny. It's like, we have a great idea for a show, do you know a psychic? What was hilarious about it is, I totally did. Yeah. <laughs> I've known Jim Hunt for a few years. His wife, Jill, is a comic. We worked together. So I knew Jim. Yeah. I knew what he did. Uh, he gave me a reading, and it, he was just stunning. Like, he, he's really quite... Because he's so unassuming with it. Jim's seen uh, and heard hear, uh, and, and has heard ghosts or spirits or whatever you want to call them his whole life, like since he was a child. So this is nothing new to him. But if you've ever been on a movie set where, like, you're in uh, on the set and there's somebody there with a headset on their head, they're talking to you, and all of a sudden they go blank and they start looking, like, over your head or something, you realize, oh, they're listening to someone else. That's how it is around Jim. Like, he'll be sitting there, and then he'll look just beside you, like, or, oh, there's a kid running through the restaurant. We the last restaurant we were in. Sounds said, familiar with these yeah, guys right sounds here. Sounds very familiar with us, for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it's, it's, it, I quite enjoy, uh, like, I, I knew who Jim was. I knew what he did and, and everything. And so I said, I actually do know a psychic. And I called him and said, what do you think? So... What they wanted to do, this is how they sold it to me, they wanted to do this ghost hunting show, and they're taking the concept of me as a working stand-up comic who's always watching late-night TV. My premise is, with all of these shows, because, you know, do we need another ghost hunting show? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And with all of the ones that are out there, I mean, they can't keep kicking the same dead horse or the ghost of it, either way. Um, I feel like, like, I, I was like, what's the deal? Well, they thought... We're going, you're going in as a skeptic. You don't believe this. none of this is going to happen. So there's often moments in the show where Jim is talking, please knock, please, who's there? And I'm like, Ugh, I make my face. Or we use um, the uh, something I just call the broken radio. It just goes through the AM dial. The good old spirit box. Yeah. That's the spirit box. Yeah. I just call it the broken radio because it gives me a headache. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, my argument with it, this is my argument with it, is like, well, of course you're going to hear words, you're hitting the radio. Mm-hmm. If I play that long enough, I could string all the words I hear into a sentence, you know, or, or at least, but every time we've heard something on the spirit box, I didn't hear it. Mm hmm. Somebody would say, oh, I heard this word. I'm like, are you drunk? What are you listening to? <laughs> in the room. Do you know what I mean? I'm not hearing this at all. Yeah. But, um, but I'm, I'm the skeptic. So, uh, and Bree, uh, who from season one was Brian before he transitioned. And that's the other thing. Brian, uh, out of season one, transitioned into Bree. And so we did season two with Bree. And it was, it was really, because uh, my being gay isn't, part of the show. I just happen to be a gay comic. Like, if you look me up, you're going to see my material. It's all gay. But on the show, 
I'm just the person hosting a show. Like it's not. There's no LGBT right. twist. I'm not waving flags or or, or wearing <laughs> wigs. Uh, I mean, I will, but I, I don't. Uh, but uh, and Brie transitioning was just a whole other. Just happened to be what was going on. But they had worked with Brie, aka Brian, before on some projects and wanted to use uh, them again on our show. And uh, so they thought it would be fun to say, oh, well, what if um, Brie is your, your best friend from when you were a kid and we'll create some backstory. Maybe you saw a ghost, now you're looking to find the ghost again. And I said to them right away, I said, and, and we're lying to them right away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't want to make anything up. I said, at best, can we just call Brie my assistant? So we did. And what became very funny with that is that in the second season, we, for some reason, we had this running gag where Brie would never bring me a coffee. <laughs> and the thing I kept asking her to do, and there was always some uh, something that would happen. And uh, uh, Because the bulk of the show is very comical. We are showing up at a historic site. I, it opens with me telling you where we are. We meet somebody who works on, on the property. We uh, get the information, the history, and then maybe any personal stories. And then the second part of the show is... Uh, uh, Jim Hunt showing up to do his uh, his own walk, and he's walking with the camera. It's just him, and he'll say things like, "I feel this here, I feel that here." And what's interesting is you'll often he'll feel something at a place that earlier I was talking to somebody, and they said what happened there, mm-hmm. and it's very fascinating in that respect. And then that night, all three of us go through and see what we can see. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, it's been interesting because we've been in some really fascinating places. We were in um, a uh, Masonic temple, uh, a house that's used for that. And uh, uh, it was very unique for us to be in there in the first place because the basins. Uh, but it was really fascinating. But on the spirit box, we got this real like, like very demonic sounding voice. We know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, well, keep him to yourself. Well, Scan the crap out of Bree. I mean, like, and we've never had something like that where it was all like that. Mm-hmm. And it was so unique. It's so, um, actually, at the Masonic Temple, we had a lot of activity, but not, it, it was interesting. Do you know what I mean? Like, there, there were some, some, like, a lot of dark things moving. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So is most of your show filmed in the Toronto area then? In the Ontario area. We've been uh, as far west as Amherstburg, Mm -hmm. uh, as far north as Gravenhurst, and we've been as far uh, east as almost Quebec. We were were, uh, apparently uh, a block and a half away from the Bowes Brewery, and I was so upset we didn't go. (laughs) (laughs) That would be too. Right, so the uh, the show takes you pretty well, you know, uh, a lot of these places, and that's arranged by the production company, I would take, or yeah, there's a two step process. They they uh, research and look for places that have been reported, like have had some some report of ghost activity, mm-hmm. and then and then our production team uh, flushes out the ones that have been overly done, right? Because there are some that are just quite happy to have you there, and then there are some that don't. They just don't like it. But because we're such a small production, mm-hmm. like we don't even bring a truck. Like it's our three cars, right? Like literally. And because I mean, you guys know because all this equipment from filming to the uh, paranormal equipment has become so small now. 
Right. You know, you know, three of like I'm holding a camcorder, an infrared camcorder, so I'm one of the cameramen at times. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and I like that. I like that it's very kind of almost, um, you know, uh, homemade. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have, we have, uh, of course, uh, what are those uh, plane things for plane things? Listen to me, I send a hundred those helicopters for cell phones. What do you call them? A drone. Yeah. yeah, like we've got a drone for that. Like, so we get some quite impressive footage. Right. Um, cool. And the team is really, really great because, uh, you know, we're all there when stuff happens, if it happens. So it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. So you were the skeptic of the group, really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Are you still a skeptic? Uh, you see, I have, I don't like the idea of a ghost. Like, to me, that sounds horrible. <laughs> like, what if you die and that's... <clears throat> for the rest of your life in that one space, whether they renovate it, knock it down, and you got to haunt it for, for whatever reason, for how long, and blah, blah, blah. And on top of that, like, you don't really, as a spirit, necessarily know what's going on. You just think it's that one loop of time or whatever. You know, we've all heard the, the uh, supposition as to what's going on. But I, I just find that kind of sad, especially when you think of things like uh, people that believe in heaven. Well, is that hell then? You know, like, it, mm-hmm. it seems weird. What, <laughs> what I like to think, and here's where I lose friends, um, I think of it more on a dimensional level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think of our, our existence on a dimensional level. Like, I think we're in a physical dimension, and I think our spirit is sharing that dimension with our body, and then that spirit has a dimension. And I think sometimes those blurring of the lines is when we see things or, you know, get caught into these moments. And uh, for me, uh, I would find that a little more uh, easier to believe and, and I do rationalize it that way as opposed to just plain old ghosts because I'd like to think the devil has better things to do than <laughs> you know some of the poltergeisty things that go on uh, but uh, but as far as ghosts go in that in the light of day no I don't believe in ghosts at all but the minute the lights go out I'm not necessarily afraid of the dark but that's when everything bothers <laughs> right no, we we often like now they're talking for season three. We're always usually two teamed off, but now they want us to go off on our own in the dark with a camera by ourselves. Oh, I love it! Yeah, and I, I do it. too. Like for me, as somebody who would watch a show like this in the daylight, uh, I would watch <laughs> that movie walk down that dark hallway and think, you know, every horror movie starts with this, and uh, uh, so that's what makes me go, oh sure, okay, I'll do that. Like, as, as somebody connected to the show and thinking, what would make the show great? Sure, people would love to see me, the big skeptic crying in a court. You know? <laughs> now, you've, got, you've had two seasons already. Yes. You're talking about a third, hopefully. Yes. We're, we're, uh, nothing's official yet, but, um, but, but there's talk. We were nominated for a second uh, uh, Canadian Stream Award. That's good. Like, yeah, so our, our first and second seasons both were nominated, so... Why not do a third, right? <laughs> now, other than the Masonic Temple, was there one location where you just really wanted to get the hell out of there? Because when no. when I... Uh... No. Because I, I really, I thought there would be. Like, we did, in the first season, we went to an, uh, uh, an abandoned asylum. Oh, God. <laughs> this asylum was used in the 20s. It was built, the Art Deco architecture was stunning. I had this weird fantasy... Uh, while we were there, that it would be like The Shining, and I was Jack Nicholson in this gorgeous building, which is the building. 
because I really loved it. But I didn't want to go before we shot that. I was like, no, no, there's nothing about this that bodes well. And everyone's looking at me. It's like, well, we're going. It's like, okay, but I'm not happy, you know. <laughs> but uh, but it was so beautiful the place. And what was weird because it was an asylum in the 20s and 30s, which meant a place people paid to hide relatives. Right. And then apparently some doctors got involved that were doing um, uh, medical experimentation that was all above board. Like it, it sounds horrible. You can't say medical experimentation without people going, "Oh God." Mm-hmm. Uh, they were using it for tests before mental treatment, uh, different things. And then in the war, First World War, uh, the Army took it over, the Air Force took it over, and it was a, uh, a training ground for the Air Force. And now this is why the Air Force took it. This building, when you walk in the office, the office is right off the road. It's got a circular drive, and you see this nice almost tube-like building. It's very round, very Art Deco, and uh, lovely. And you walk in. And the first thing you're in is a vestibule, and you see uh, reception to the right, uh, doors and offices uh, to the to the left, uh, and, and you can and a couple of doors down the hall that's across from you. But the hall across from you doesn't end; it's a mile a mile long. I think it was exactly a mile long, or maybe a little longer than that. And at the end of that uh, hallway of insanity was the asylum, and the reason for this hallway was uh, so if there was a breakout, the office had enough time to lock stuff up. And the inmates would be too tired from their mile-long run well, to the front door. crazy and on, on all sorts of drugs. They'd be running like crazy people <laughs> for days. Where was they, this place? It was uh, just outside of uh, London, Ontario, uh, south of London. Wow. Oh, okay. Oh, the one in St. Thomas. I think so. Uh, I've been in that building. It's, for, it's very Art Deco. Yes, I've been in that building. I know exactly what you're talking about now. And what was funny about that filming, because we're always trying to think of funny things to do, because uh, I'm a comic, so I, I help with the writing of like, some of the scenarios. And one of the things they got was a scooter, like a mobility scooter. <laughs> and, okay. So it was me on the mobility scooter every once in a while, and Bree was in the back on, on a wheelbarrow. And then at one point at the end, when we're leaving, I was like, hey, where's my scooter? And then you see the scooter go by with no one on it. Oh, talk, talk, you know, as it goes by. <laughs> so, you know, things like that. It's very tongue-in-cheek. But we do still, uh, when we were at the asylum, uh, we were in a stairwell. And Jim asked, uh, if there's anyone there, please knock. And we got, like, every time there's a knock, it's like, uh, you know, four floors away. Uh, it had nothing to do with us. That noise was going to happen at that point, no matter what we were saying. Uh, it's always been, to me, very skeptically related to what we're doing. So Jim said, please knock if you're here. And bang. Like like that. It was like, holy crap. <laughs> like, it was right beside me. And then he's like, if you're still here, do it again. And we, like, oh, like that was weird, you know. <laughs> because what do you, what do? You do? Yeah. Uh, one thing I was very adamant about when we started the show was uh, uh, not faking anything. You know, I don't want us to, you know, I don't want pot, like... Yeah, no keep, fake EVPs, no things moving on their own with chicken, you know, fish, fishing wire and stuff no, like that. No, and, and that's the thing. And so with that, like, because I said to our producer, I said, if this stuff is actually going on, I need to believe it's going on. I don't want to look at you every time and go, what did you do? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's just for me, like if we're selling a show, let's be honest with that. 
And uh, so uh, that was there. And then we were at, um, oh, my God, there was another thing that was just frightening. I was just about to tell you an outside of my head. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> now, some of the stuff on YouTube that I watched, I think you're yeah. at an old fort. Yes, that was Fort Henry. And, and Bree or Brian yeah. was running Brian. running down the stairs, and you're running up, and you both stop midway and look at each other, and you're both like, where the hell are you going? <laughs> and then you both run down the stairs, I think, and then out. That was from our, our, our first episode, our pilot episode. Okay. And what's interesting about that was uh, our producer, Kyle Brownrigg, uh, sorry, that's not his name, Kyle Whitelock, Kyle Brownrigg is a stand-up comic I'm working with later tonight. Um, uh, Kyle uh, Whitelaw is our uh, creator, producer. He also directs. He does a lot of editing. Uh, he uh, said to me that he didn't have the budget to film an episode, but what we were going to do was film a teaser. So we, we went to Fort Henry, and we just literally said, we're filming this, we're filming this, we're going to have you interviewing this guy, like just key little moments. And what ended up happening was he had enough footage that he actually had an hour's worth of show. So he just went ahead and cut it as an hour. What was interesting about that game, uh, I had an infrared camera, and they were saying that there was a portrait of uh, the Queen of in, uh, the Queen of England uh, in the one of the best halls. And it was just, just a painting that was there. The people would often say they'd seen a man in the background, but at different closenesses to her, or that she often seemed to be in a different position in the painting. While he's telling me this, I have the infrared camera on the painting. So I'm not looking at him, I'm listening to him, but I'm looking at the camera. The camera went completely off. It was fully charged. It went completely off. Mm. Uh, turned the camera off. He, he, uh, we continued the story. I could not film that painting for the whole evening. But any other time, the camera was fully responsive. Uh, that was very weird. At the end of the editing, uh, of filming, because there was only like five of us in front of the camera, uh, Kyle was editing the footage, and you see um, in the show, there's a freeze on the frame. And you see, it's a very smoky looking because it's dark. You see four of us or five of us in the in shadow, almost silhouette. You can see some light coming through the windows, and there's a door at the end on the left side, and in the doorway is a person standing there. So that's what you can see. Mm -hmm. Problem is, the person in the doorway wasn't with us. None of us, we were in the room. Like, I remember being there and seeing nothing. Because you could, there was enough moonlight and light from ambient through the windows. And there were a lot of windows because this was a mess hall. So there was a lot of light. Like, it wasn't pitch black. I would have seen somebody standing there. Like, it, they couldn't have stood there and, and snuck in. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just, in, it, it, Kyle froze the frame and insert, put a red circle around that figure. It creeped the hell out of me. <laughs> because that person wasn't there. But Jim kept saying there was a very large man there who was not pleased with me. Just because of my size, he wasn't. He, he said he doesn't know what to make of me. And apparently this person was just standing guard, wasn't sure what was going to go on, but he wasn't going to let too much happen, uh, was what Jim told us. But, yeah, that was, that was uh, frightening. But what happened during that taping, which because I got to scream like a girl, because I often do. Uh, <laughs> one of the camera guys, there were two doorways out of this mess hall, one on the far left and one on the far right, but the whole wall had a little bit of a fireplace in the middle. Uh, but you have to go out either on the left or on the right. On the right was a piano and a chair or a bench. 
uh, not a big one, but it was just there. And on, I was exiting on the left side where there was nothing, which is where the figure had been standing when they did the freeze frame. Uh, and as we're going through, a high, I'm again looking through the infrared camera. So all I'm seeing really is the screen. I, I, when I look up, it's still light that I'm looking at. So when I look up, I do still have to adjust, but it doesn't take as long. But I'm looking and I pan back over to the right of me as the other cameraman had already, like the cameraman had already gone through. But I thought, oh, I'll walk through this kind of with the camera looking back into the room. As I pass over to where the piano is, the chair in front of the piano moved three feet. And I screamed like a bitch. I was like, Whoa! And I, I was halfway out the fucking door. <laughs> but you're still a skeptic. Whoa, it wasn't good. And I, we found out that what happened was the camera guy, one of the straps on what he had, had caught the chair. Oh, no. And pulled it with him. And then he kind of jerk and it moved and it was like oh it was perfect yeah. <laughs> but at the same time it was uh very it was just very perfect oh yeah i'm not a, i'm not against screaming like a girl yeah neither is john no shame in my game <laughs> right situation i'm right there with you yeah <laughs> yeah with john it's even a fear of clowns uh, that make him scream oh i get it yeah <laughs> you know, i won't go i won't go to those haunted houses not because they scare me but they it bothers me mm-hmm. you know people standing around sharpening blades oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you never know who's real and who's not well, it's just the world we live in now everyone seems to have a banjo playing in the background right. yeah. <laughs> hey i play banjo Oh, <laughs> right. So, uh, tell a bit about your previous experience. You you said you're a stand-up uh, comic. You yeah. you still yeah. do uh, the circuit? Yeah, I'm with Yuck Yucks. So, uh, okay, cool. If there's a Yuck Yucks in your town, I've either been there or I'm coming soon. So, brace yourself. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, that's actually got a question for you. Yeah. So, I've done stand-up, but it's always been at, like family functions. John, getting drunk and putting a lampshade no, no. on your head is not the same thing. No, no. So, what do you think? If, like, before I die, I say I want to, you know, go do some stand-up, would you yeah. recommend some of these amateur nights at a Yuck Yucks? Any, anywhere. Um, you know, even an open mic in a bar. Stand-up is the one thing you can only learn on the job. Agreed. And let me tell you right now, the more mistakes you make early, the better you'll be quicker. Right. Because a lot of people, some people are just funny. You know what I mean? They're just funny. They say things funny. Something about them, they're just funny. Uh, It doesn't mean that they're able to create an act. They might be good for two or three minutes, but five minutes in, you're starting to look at your watch. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, there are some people that are very clever. I know know this one comic. um, I don't even know if he's working anymore, but uh, so funny. If you were sitting next to him, and you said something funny, he would have a topper for it every time. He was so funny. Put him on stage, he died a terrible death. Yeah, stand-up's one of those things. You just have to do it. Uh, I suggest uh, you if there's a place that will put you on, then do it. And if you can kind of get some consistency, like try and do it more than one time a month, mm-hmm. just bring 20 people. Yeah. Because remember, they don't give a shit how <laughs> funny you are. <laughs> but they worry if they don't make a certain amount of sales. Right. So if 20 people come in and they each buy two drinks, right. 
I know comics that have great careers now. Mind you, they're good comics. I'm not disparaging them. But because they were able to bring in a large audience base to the amateur nights, they got on more, so they got more time, which meant they got developed quicker. Right on. Cool. Okay. But you can only you can only you can only figure out how you want to be as a comic by doing it. You might think, oh, I'm going to be a, a this comic. I'm going to be an insult comic. I'm going to do, and then you find that's not your thing. Or maybe I know some comics that weren't funny for years. Like you know, they're the type of comic where it's like, oh God, I can't watch them again. And then all of a sudden, like something clicked, something happened, something happened in their life, or it just came together and for some reason or another they're funny and um other comics like sometimes having children change their life or you can only do it by doing it and what what's hard about what you're doing by performing in front of family is that's an easy laugh because there's a lot of in jokes like everyone already knows something you can already say remember remember aunt so-and-so at the wake and everyone's screaming with laughter you're killing but you haven't said anything you know what i mean yeah so it's 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 an easy trap because you want to get those laughs. But I suggest, yeah, anywhere you can do it, the worse the better. When when we started, there was one room in Toronto called Spirits. It was the longest running open mic night. A woman that used to come in, they kept the TVs on, so all the sporting events were on during the show. And she used to sit there eating chicken wings. If she didn't like what she said, she threw the bones at you. If you can survive that, you can survive anything. Exactly. So, cool. so Richard, uh, since doing the show, do you incorporate any paranormal stuff into your stand-up routines now? Do you know what's funny is that I've been thinking about that lately because, no, the answer is, is just a very sad and embarrassing no. Oh. And one of the reasons is, first of all, uh, when we were doing the first two seasons of Knock Knock Ghost, I was working uh, on... Uh, uh, radio station in Toronto. I was doing the morning show. I'm not there anymore. Uh, but for those two years, I was literally like up at four every day. And then on the weekends, we would shoot uh, the show. So I don't even remember shooting the first season. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll go, oh, what, when did that happen? Like, oh, was I there? That's you. Oh, oh. But I just, it was just in such a fog. And into the second season, it was, it was, the problem with our second season um, was, again, with the vetting, we have um, uh, our producer looks for a place, and then they run it by Jim, our psychic, and say, what do you think? Is there any energy there? And if he doesn't feel anything, he doesn't feel anything. So sometimes uh, it can uh, stymie the process. So last, season two, we filmed six episodes over 12 months. You know, we did one weekend here, one weekend there. Like, it was it was very hard to get any kind of consistency into that season. Um, but with uh, the idea of doing a third season and being uh, more alert, uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward just to, just to the uh, not having to, to split my time. Do you know what I mean? You know, and just from experience, especially with John and I, I would think that some places don't want you there, so they're going to try and, uh, you know, suppress any energy they put out to Jim. So he might think, well, there's nothing going on there. Yeah. Oftentimes Jim will just like either drive by the place, like he won't go in or they won't know he's there. Like he doesn't, you know what I mean? Like he'll, he'll just, in some cases with some of the farther away uh, locations, it's uh, just the pictures. Right. 
you know, because uh, Jim's got his own guides in that, so there's a lot of interaction uh, from his end. Uh, and and then, and then I can only assume on some level that it helps uh, guarantee at least something to film. But the hard thing was last season, I think specifically, was just kind of getting any continuity and flow in production. And so um, I know uh, that the production team wants to have that kind of stuff locked down if we do a third season, like have it locked down first uh, so that we can all know this is what we're filming, this is what's going on, and, and do it over a month instead of a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, you've got a lot of other people with different schedules. Jim's, uh, as a psychic, uh, his business, uh, he does uh, life coaching and reading and uh, corporate uh, things. He's all over the country. So uh, he's busy enough uh, on his time. And uh, uh, I know... Brie is uh, an accomplished singer. Uh, she has uh, won some of the Kiwanis festivals uh, performing. So uh, her performing, uh, it's very broad. She's, she's certainly somebody to follow on Instagram. Which brings us to stuff you can plug right now. Uh, where are you going to be in the next little while? And um, I'm going to be headlining Niagara Falls July 11th, 12th, uh, and 13th. Uh, you can uh, go to yuckyucks.com for tickets for that. Um, I'm also, because I'm very famous and busy, uh, on the <laughs> 25th and 26th of this month, I'm hosting Wolfstock. Jealous? Uh, <laughs> Wolfstock. Wolfstock. Wolfstock is this fantastic dog fair. It's oh. literally... Everything and anything to do with dogs. It used to be in the distillery district in, district in Toronto. Okay, yeah. That grew it. And then it was down uh, at uh, Church and Front Street behind the Flatiron Building. Uh, and they closed off the streets. And that, and then they grew out of that. So now it's at this huge park out in the beaches. Hmm. And it's a, a three-day, a two-day event, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, there's a lot of vendors there, uh, depending on what kind of dog you have. If you're looking for a dog, there's adoptions, there's... They have the wiener dog races, the pug parade. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, if you, uh, like, I don't own a dog, but I am just, I love them. I just, I'll get down in the mud with them. I think they're so cute. Uh, but if you don't own a dog, this is a great kind of, like, uh, alternative. Go in with open toe sandals and walk out with wet toes. Sounds, like, <laughs> sounds more like a poop and scoopalooza. <laughs> well, you know, I've been hosting this for almost 10 years. It's at least 15 years they've been doing this. Uh, and I started as a judge and I moved into hosting and I've been hosting the last since, yeah, quite a long time. It, it feels like it could be between seven and eight years. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's nine. It could be four. I don't know. As the host, like there's a lot of kids. It's very public. It's very open. And I'm a stand-up comic. I'm also an adult. So I'll often say, oh, now there's a sexy bitch. Technically correct. I can call this female dog bitch. Right, right, yeah. And all the, all the adults in the audience laugh. Like, I can hear them laughing, and so I know, okay, good, I'm not, you know. But, right. like, sometimes yeah. somebody will come up with a costume on their dog, because we do the costume uh, contest, uh, best-looking dog, and then trick. And uh, when they come up with costumes that literally, like, the dog's head, and it's just a bit, I always, like, bark if you need help. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People love it. It's, it's a hoot and a half, and it's two days for me to stand out in the sun and, 
and look at dogs. So it's good. So that's <laughs> I'm doing that on the 25th and the 26th. If you're in the Toronto area, you have a dog, or if you don't, right. come on there. <laughs> cool. Right, Richard, and, and how can people find your show on TV? So Knock Knock Ghost is available on OutTV in Canada. OutTV Go is their online portal. If you like RuPaul's Drag Race, then you know about OutTV. Um, they're only four ninety nine a month, and they have some of the best documentaries, uh, bar none. So OutTV carries uh, that. But if you're listening, in the States, uh, Amazon Prime has it. If you're in Britain, Amazon UK has it. I've never tried to stream it or illegally download it. And you've got to get after those... I don't know if you're famous enough to break the law. <laughs> you have to get after those producers to put it on YouTube as well. I, I do this thing on YouTube called the Finger Do Review. And I basically am a drag queen named Wilma Fingerdoo, and I review RuPaul's Drag Race. Now, I'm not a drag queen, but I dress up as one, and it's fully vivid. And uh, In the last year, she's gained 1,000 new subscribers, and, you know, she gets about 5,000 hits a video. Um, she's been doing really well, so the producers um, have asked me to help them with uh, the social media. So what we want to start doing is filming on the site, um, like with... Uh, my iPhone, and then editing it, and then posting something onto our uh, Knock Knock Ghost channel. Not the episode, but behind the scenes from the episode. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because when we're like, I, I'm always when we're on these locations, I'm always taking pictures. I'm that person that's. I've always been this person. I stand back, I get a good shot of the house, and then later I go and look in each window and see if anyone was looking out. Exactly. I'm that person. So <laughs> I'm to take pictures. I'm often taking pictures, and. Um, so the producers have asked me, uh, I'm, I'm sure that they've asked the others as well to contribute, but because they know I'm literally with my phone able to produce video, um, uh, they've asked me if I could do some stuff to uh, help promote the, the uh, show uh, through social media. So we'll see a lot more of that if uh, season three happens. All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. It was my pleasure. Thanks for asking. Uh, good scaring, good haunting, and uh, good luck. If you get a good picture of a full... Uh, disembodied entity not in a sheet give it give it give us a call <laughs> I'll, I'll send it to you <laughs> thank you much thanks okay. richard thanks richard you're listening to phantom faction podcast to reach out to phantom faction see our facebook page or email us directly at phantom faction at outlook.com welcome back to phantom faction podcast and uh, we're approaching our one year mark guys i know that's what i i mentioned earlier at mm-hmm. the pub yeah. Is it? Is this our our one year anniversary, or is it the you next one? You don't have to get me anything. <laughs> we we didn't. Oh, okay. All right. I'd have to uh, check it for sure, but uh, we're getting yeah, close to that I one year. Somewhere around twenty four or twenty six. Yeah, well, that's kind of like with my real relationship. I know the rough time frame, but I don't know the exact. Right. Yeah. So thing yes. Of course. <laughs> until you get kind of uh, until you don't buy until or... you don't buy flowers and you get a shot in the. <laughs> well, in the then nuts. I always say, "As um, well, I was planning to get for dinner anyway, mm-hmm. and then I scramble to get reservations." Yeah, the Pizza right. Hut. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to talk a bit about uh, you made a cup. Uh, you, John, and Dan had made appearances on a recent episode of Paranormal Survivor. Yeah, this past week we were both on Paranormal Survivor, reflecting on John's um, fun games, fun games at the uh, the rental property that he had. And uh, I'll let because uh, I haven't seen it yet. I've only seen a little bit. Uh, yeah, caught the end. That someone was able to record for me. But, for uh, our listeners who remember, we did remember the whole thing. Here on one pod, right? 
right. talked about it. The folks at Paranormal Survivor condensed it, and they wanted to get the highlights because let's face it, it's like 17 minutes or 19 minutes was our segment of the whole hour show, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's some things that they kind of congested together so they could get you know some of the creepy stuff out. Um, I think they're a little annoyed the writer missed out on that whole bathroom sequence that people remember where I could hear this thing running at me, but I couldn't see it and the nail floating and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, overall, from my perspective, as somebody who lived it, I thought they did a pretty good job. Um, let it, me know what you folks think. Uh, the person who played me, I, I was <laughs> a little surprised he, he, he on that. You might be a listener, so don't say it no, too bad. No, you know what? Hey, he is who he is, but he doesn't look anything like me. No. <laughs> you know? And the guy who played me is like a quarter of my size. Yeah, yeah. He's not quite. He, <laughs> like, All he, he could, did was he had like brown hair and a goatee, I think. Or yeah, some facial beard. hair. He had a beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, some yeah. facial hair. But yeah. he's like, like yeah. two feet shorter than I really yeah. am. So. And yeah. two things in the during that episode that I remember having uh, flashbacks, if you will. Was the door section where the doors are banging? Like I still remember to this day. Yeah, you know, and the door, and then all of a sudden, and I remember, um, it just took me right back. And then there was one part where you can hear my better half Lisa talking, and you hear some emotion in her voice because she goes, "I didn't, I didn't know what to do." Mm-hmm. And I remember, um, I remember when she and I were talking about like, what are we gonna? Her voice breaking. Yeah, because like we didn't know how to make it stop, right? And that's when I started doing some research, and you know. Talk to psychics, and we're talking thousands of dollars and multiple visits, and right. you know that kind of thing. Uh, but overall, I was happy with it. Um, the guy who played me, nah, we're you know <laughs> that's fine. But all in all, I thought they did. You know, they didn't do too bad. Although the EVPs, they made them sound like a lot God, bigger than they it were. Sound like Godzilla was. Yeah, was, um, but but they, it's true. Yes, the, <clears throat> the 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 spirit said it knew who I was. And it is true that the minute it said, why are you bothering John? It was immediate. Kill him. Right. That was no offense or buts about that. But it wasn't this big booming voice. I would say it was kind of a gruff or male voice. It just yeah, kind of went, even the EVPs that I, that I got from him. Yeah, it kind of gruff. It was, yeah, it's, it's a very manly, yeah. deep voice. Yeah, the only time we ever got anything of that big booming voice and we played it on the podcast was that one where I said to people, you can hear Lisa walking. And I had a recorder going all night, and you can't tell what he's saying. It's like, please, that's the oh, only that's time. Right, that's right. But none of the other EVPs. And there's another one that Tony and I got when we were at your place, and it was like one of the only few EVPs, and it was like a and yeah. It sounded like he yelled something, and but it but couldn't it make it out. I don't no, think we can make it. It almost sounded like he kind of put it on a little bit. Yeah, you know, like 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 I did just now. Yeah, changed his voice. Yeah. A little bit, just to, just to sound scarier than yeah. he actually so was. The wording in the EVPs was true. It wasn't mm-hmm. like that giant booming voice. No. But, uh, yeah, and we heard those EVPs through the spirit box. Right. When we right. did it. So that's how we all heard it right away. And I remember Lisa, when, when it said, like, kill him. I remember she was just kind of like, bolt upright, right? Like, <laughs> you know, and when after... Tony left. She's like, how do we do this? How do we make this stop? So anyway, <laughs> any of you that saw it, let us know what you think. You represented yourself well on there. Uh, you seem so honest. One of the producers. The director, yeah. Directed. The director of that episode, yeah. She yeah. Was. It can be very intimidating being in front of a camera and trying to tell your story. Yep. But e- even the guy in the episode prior to ours on the same show, he, a couple times when he's talking, has this smile that doesn't make sense. 
and that but people have nervous twitches. Sure, right? No, I'm not saying he's a liar, but he's talking about like their baby, mm-hmm. and a couple times he would make this little smile, you know, and it just kind of didn't seem right. But again, yeah, who knows? His thing could have happened ten years ago, and he's totally cool with it now. And yeah, for whatever, sure, right? Right. So yeah, right. And this is second time that you've been on Paranormal Survivor. Second time for me. For you, yeah, that's right. You were in with Tony. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that was Melissa's Freaky Farmhouse. Right. Yes. Yeah, she was She was on our second or third yep. episode. Yep. She was one of our first guests. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. That's our very right. first guest, I yep. think. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm also on that show, which is now, it was tentatively called Children of the Paranormal. Now I think it's called My Paranormal Nightmare. And they're filming all the uh, um, dramatic flashback reenactment stuff right now and i think it's coming out in the fall i will let everybody know that's all about me that one that's yeah your experience so john had his debut (laughs) and and i consulted on melissa's freaky farmhouse but i wasn't on no right because i wouldn't appear because i was a financial advisor at the time and if the firm i was with about being on yeah uh, yeah if they'd have found out they would have went like yeah off the deep end so danny you need to come up with some (laughs) <laughs> we need to send a demon to your house so you have some stories and we, we can get you on the tube. I don't know. I don't know. I think the gravestones in your basement might even be enough. I still can't get over that. We, we keep things calm at the house, yes. though. Yes. <laughs> you haven't broke the shovels out yet. That's, why. <laughs> that's right. John and I, yeah. uh, two nights ago, Maria, um, yes. who we have spoken about many times um, mm-hmm. from the Oakville house, she has asked John to look into her cousin's her cousin's property in Portugal. Yes. Wow. And there's something going on in this little kid's room. Yeah. And uh, we haven't done any remote viewing in a long, long time. Yeah, I was going to say, that's been a while. Because Michelle DeRoche gave a shit for, uh, for not, you know, for leaving a, a trail of breadcrumbs, so to speak, back to so our own Anything places. could follow us back. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. you know, we were getting rid of these spirits from other people's locations. But they were following us home, and we were like, oh, okay, I'll just go to this guy's house. Yeah, I'll mess with him for a while. But when you sent it to me, the picture of the little kid's room, I knew it was Portugal. And I immediately picked up on a man, and he was like late 50s, but looked a little bit older. Really, like, just obnoxious. Like, one of those guys that you just, you want to smack him as soon as you see him kind of thing. Right. And heavy drinker. Yeah. Just a loser. Yeah, I and saw the same thing, an older man. Yeah, and yeah. I think that, I, I'm not even sure if he knows he's dead or if he even knows what's going on, but he's attracted to this little kid for some reason. Well, you know what? I found out it's an eight-unit building. Okay. And I want to find out, and I'm going to find try to find out tonight. If anybody else is having issues? Yeah, or if he died in that building. Mm. And maybe he, maybe because you know this that could be his apartment. Yep, and maybe he heard this kid three years ago when the kid was an infant, right? Scream, and he hated kids crying, you know. And he was a drunk. We both agree yeah, on that. So uh, you know, so and he's sitting there. Kids screaming would just be like, uh, and he was alone. He didn't have people around him. Right? That's right, exactly right. And so the, I'm wondering if that's kind of the connection. He doesn't really like kids, and he's kind of hanging around. This is where he used to live. So we're gonna try to get that information tonight. Okay. Um, the only thing that I'm doing is sending guides to go. I don't intend to remote view it. Um, oh, you didn't at all? No, I I was tempted, but I didn't because it's because of it's this person's family and all the shit that we had come back to us. 
when we were trying to help. Totally um, different, though. But I got a message that they need to sage, and for some reason, this guy won't like the, the room being saged. Okay. And the Spider-Man pillow by the, where the kid's head is, um, I said, you need to move that. Because I think he's coming, and you and I said, like, he's coming through the wall, and I think he's rattling that Spider-Man's thing and scared. Because they said when the kid wakes up, he is, like, screaming bloody murder. No way. Yeah, he's just screaming, terrified, you know, mm-hmm. and not able to articulate what's right. what's scaring him. So, yeah, so we both saw that. But I don't I don't think I'm going to remote view it. I think I'm just going to make those recommendations. Coward. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure about my <laughs> breadcrumbs. through a lot, so. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure right, about right. my breadcrumbs, so. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, and uh, there's there has been some activity in in the room here today, John. Stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When we were talking to Richard earlier, no, mm-hmm. we're we're not on the stage today. We're down in the the boardroom, room, the boardroom board room. slash junk yep. room slash everything. Yeah. And I saw someone come down the stairs there about 15 minutes into the podcast, and because we're talking to Richard. You know, and there's that lag and everything. I couldn't really say, hey, you yeah. know. Yeah. And he doesn't know really what's going on here. No, so right, no. I didn't want to interrupt him, but there has been some yeah. some movement. And I thought I could have sworn I heard something walking around or shuffling around upstairs yes, too. over there, that's right. So, yeah. Yeah, the the, uh, oh, and then the theater never fails to disappoint. You need to explain. So, oh. the minute um, I watched that uh, Paranormal Survivor episode and saw it, and then you and I had some experiences when it kind of came out on air. And I got this weird shadow man just around. This guy is like fast. This guy is like the flash, except he's totally black. And you said, and you've heard of this before, the spoon and water. You said the, the, you had a spoon and water drop. Oh, no. It wasn't a spoon. Out of the blue, out of thin air, this big glob of water oh. appeared and hit hit the floor. No. Oh. And my wife says, what's, you know, and she heard it go, yeah. and I went and checked it out, and I pushed the ceiling tiles away, and I checked everything, and everything was bone dry, like bone dry. And I've heard of water forming, you know, under paranormal circumstances, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I've watched episodes of Paranormal Lockdown and Ghost Adventures, and they'd come across little spots of water on the floor. Right. So I, I messaged Michelle DeRoche. And I said, hey, I said, have you ever heard of this? And she says, well, she says, I've had blood and ectoplasm <laughs> fall from the sky. <laughs> oh. And I'm like, well, I said, oh, of course you have. Yeah. And she just laughed. And I said, well, what about the water? And she said, well, I haven't experienced the water yet. But she says, it, it can't happen. Mm-hmm. I guess she has heard of it. And yeah. it was really weird. And even my wife was a little bit like, yeah, like unsettled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, But I just... You know, she mopped it up real quick or wiped and, it up. And with tiles, you would have evidence if it was a drip. Oh, because right? there'd be yeah. a yeah, there would be, be a water, water, water spray. But it, there's nothing there. And yeah, I, and, and, and I, it happened around the same time because you said it happened an hour ago when we were texting. Yeah, and an hour ago when we were texting was when this guy just started boogieing through my house, just like a. And it was like the whole time I'm watching the episode, he was. It was like he didn't want me to watch it or distract me, so I missed mm. something or whatever. Right? And it was yeah. bizarre. Like why? Like why? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know. It's almost like if we have maybe a little victory, yeah. it's like something protests. You know, it's right. Uh, well, I wonder if it happens to other people though. Yeah, maybe. You know? I have to ask. Editing up our previous episode to this one, and 
you know, I'm, I'm trying to be as careful as I can and checking out. Oh, yeah, you sure told this earlier. We don't have static on, on our mics because I found out that USB mics can uh, have static or the wires wear out. So I've been checking that constantly. But so we had a little bit, nothing much uh, in the background of the last podcast. So, yeah. I removed I removed it anyway, you know, like yeah. I do and that. Just to if, remind everybody. Yeah, even sometimes you get the last podcast. There was stuff moving all, all over, over the place. Yeah, John yeah. Said, saw that yeah. full shadow man come out the back wall there. Yeah. And uh, and yeah. we said to them, we said to the spirits, don't mess with the yeah with the equipment. Right. <laughs> we said that several yeah. times. Talk into it, but so, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So, I mean, there was, you know, your your common maybe uh, air fan that you hear or whatever. And, and I try to clean up it as best I can as far as the editing goes. But as soon as we decided to take our break... And you said you were talking about the shadow man. Yep. You said there's a lot of activity. The static went crazy. You're kidding. At that point only. You said right? it was almost like a boom. Oh, like a- it, it, it did this whole crackle, like got really loud. And then uh, Dan had mentioned something. I'm not sure what it was anymore. But And then it was just like a snap. And then it was clean, wow. right? And then we took our break. And then we came back, and the next part was fine. But it was just funny because it, the rest of the show was kind of clean. It just, you know, wow. but as soon as and we, we started so talking about that. I remember that, we were so worried that something was going to mess with it. Yeah, yeah. And we and, we and, had a bad feeling Yes, in that whole show. When, when uh, I remember I said I saw him. Yeah. And then, we, I and then we, he I said th- he wanted to drop something. Yeah, and then I think we, we took the break. Yeah. And when I walk, walked over to where he had come out, he started talking about there's all these set props there. Yeah. And I got this thing in my head, and it was so vivid. It was just like, I'd like to push these things on you. It was, yeah, the ladders you were you, were, you mentioned yeah. on the and program. Yeah, and then as I walked back there, and the ladders are all bungee corded, and they're on an angle. Yep. And he said, the they have fallen before. Yeah. It, they, it could happen. And he was just being like a real So I wonder yeah, if prick, he right? hangs out here then, if he knows that. Or, or I'm wondering if he's... For the investigation we're going to do up the street, he's somehow tied to that. Mm-hmm. But this guy was just a yeah, because we've never trick. felt him before, and nope, we've been never, here. never. And this guy was just a, an sob, and he just he was like he was trying to point out that he could or he'd like to like just push those things on you, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, it, it was strange, you know. And he then he said those ladders have fallen before, and I asked you, and you said yes, they have. Yeah. And it was almost like so. He's got some knowledge of the building, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, but it, that was strange. That was the first time, other than the one time you and I walked up on the stage, and we had our breath taken away both at the same time. Yeah. And again, just for people to know, that's not like and that's it's a when big I saw that, that big twelve foot tall thing in that bluish robe go by the stage. That was yeah. the same night. Was it really? Well, okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. not the same guy unless he's projecting himself. Or something yeah. Different. Something different. Yeah. yeah. And Dan often takes his uh, camera, or his phone camera, and uh, shoots out toward the crowd off the stage. Yeah, and there. I put I put the orb pictures up. And yeah, they were crazy that yeah. night. Yeah. yeah, they were really wild that night. So we never tried to take any in this room, have we? No, no. <laughs> but I guess yeah, we this should. this one is uh, this room is right under the stage. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was a bizarre night because, and it's funny how when I saw him, and then you got all that noise. Yeah. You know, just the, the interference that he projected or something, right? Yeah. But he he was definitely in negative spirit or a spirit in a bad mood at that time. It was just strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very strange. 
Yeah, because we were inviting them to speak, and uh, the static we just went crazy. We didn't at that get point. any EVPs though. No, uh, you couldn't make out any voice or anything. That's just, too bad. Just the static. So. Oh well, it wasn't uh, playing nice. Right? <laughs> no, definitely not. No, one of these times though, and I mean we have caught some before through through this program. Yeah. But some of the clear voices that we've had come through. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will be. We won't say the name of the location, but there is a pub. I mean, it doesn't mm-hmm. take a genius to figure it out, but uh, there is a pub up the street that we always go to before the show, mm-hmm. and the owner wants us to come in and do an investigation, right. and um, we're going to try and do some recordings, some quote-unquote live recordings, right? and put them into a future podcast, and kind of like a uh, almost I guess uh, an audio show right like, yeah pretty much I, I think just uh, if we have some experiences come over and talk about it with me yeah and then John seems get back to think that that's gonna yeah. be a, a hot spot. Oh, big time there's yeah. gonna be there's gonna be some big time EVPs in there and there's yeah. someone that just sneaked up right beside you Danny Did yeah you see it hello yeah. actually our room right now we got <laughs> something off to my right yeah and now we've got someone over to the left here I think these are in. regulars though yeah, I don't get, I don't have any sense like that when the shadow person showed up like that. I was no, negative. These are light, like light colored people. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of listening, oh, where are you going? There's kind of, yeah. 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 So, and to let people know, this this pub that we're going to go to, the staff hate to go in the basement and change <laughs> yeah. the beer can. They, they always right. go in pairs. And, and what really creeped out this one waitress that we're always teasing, yeah. the very first time we met there, Dan and I picked up on this. We had, I don't even think they got the beer to our table yet. And you and I picked up on there's something with this basement, right? And and you did. Yeah, I then, picked up on the guy in the main. Oh, floor, that's right. And then you said to you the girl, up the guy in the "What's with the basement?" And she goes, <laughs> she "Who told you?" Oh, yeah, and yeah. she'd never seen us before, right? <laughs> right. So, who told you? And then she let it know that they yeah. don't go down by themselves because the basement. She said creeps the hell out of yeah, us. Because oh, and I had said to her, "I said, what's with all the ghosts in here?" And yeah, she's like, "Oh, she says, yeah. you know." And yeah. then she started about the basement. And you had already picked up on something nasty down there. And yeah. Dan Gray. Yeah. When he when he was there with us, he was like, "Yeah, there's something." Yeah, he dark was constantly looking around. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's gonna be. I I wouldn't be surprised if we get, as Michelle de Roche calls him, a growly. Yeah, you know, I really think there's something potentially yeah. you know shitty down there. Well, it's it's certainly know? the building has age to it. Uh, early yeah. 1900s, I would think, or maybe late 1800s. Yeah. But uh, the whole where it started as the women's <laughs> room on one side, the men's on yep. the other. And then uh, you had the center area where they used to book the rooms up top, which yep. they no longer do that anymore. But, but uh, there and, are renovations going and, and on. And that's too. what I was going to just say. Yeah. And that is going to be the key because I think those renovations have stirred up a hornet's nest. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think that because the building's getting changed in a lot of dramatic ways. I could see in there some wood where they'd cut out some original beams, those old, old beams. And I bet you there's spirits in there that are just going apeshit over this, right? So I think we're going to get a lot of a lot of activity in there. Questions about what do you think about the renovations are going to be big, right? Um, asking about the girls that come to the basement. Right. Why do you like to bother them when they change the kegs and yeah, you know that kind of thing, right? So right. I'm looking right. forward to it. We certainly are, and that'll be on a future program as well. We'll let you know our findings for sure. Yeah. All yeah right. So give us some feedback if you saw the show. Yeah. It's a paranormal survivor. And one last so thing, for people who have inquired as to my book. Yes. <laughs> I had some major issues with the printing mm-hmm. uh, quality. Right. And uh, they're getting redone. Oh, good. So 
good thing I only ordered fifty copies <laughs> in, right. initially, mm-hmm. so I'm not uh, yeah I'm not begging for quarters on the street. Right. But uh, hopefully, in about a couple weeks, it'll be all settled and yeah. right. to be announced. And, and it's called. It's called Strange Happenings. All right. Perfect. Right. All right. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, John. Thank you. Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com.